Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 130, and we are recording on Sunday, June 26th. I'm Katie McLean Horner, along with Nezra Javed, and we are coming to you from Book Riot. Well, Nezra, <laughs> it has been a week, and that's, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask how you're doing, but I think I, I know the answer. <laughs> it's pretty similar to, to pretty much everyone else in the country. Yes, it's been a heavy, it was a heavy note to end the week on, and then... Yeah, the weekend's not looked any better, so it's it's been rough, Katie. Yeah, yeah. But I as I think I read somewhere that was very important and very like it gave me a very good wake up call that you know that it's also sort of a privilege to think that there's no more fighting left to be done, or like you know we are the only ones who have to fight. Like this is a v- special place in time, and we've had we're the chosen ones who have to fight somehow like everyone has had to have to fight the fight and mm-hmm. we just have to like pick up our shoes and get to it yeah no i i have been tr- trying not to let myself fall into too much despair because that that way leads that, that not good things lie down that path so i've been trying to i've been trying to keep my anger productive which for me, has been sending emails and contacting my elected representatives, working on the postcards that I got for the Postcards and Swing States campaign. So I've just kind of been letting my rage fuel my postcard writing. Yeah. And yeah, I've been send. I've been just kind of posting lots of stuff on social media that kind of can just be summed up as like, if you can imagine bees coming out of my mouth, that's just like all that's happening right now. It's just bees. That's all that's <laughs> happening. Bees. <laughs> um, but yeah, this, I mean, as unsurprising as the decision is, man, it, it still, it still hurts. And yeah, well, and I, I realized on Friday or just realized one, one of the downsides of public service working in a in a public organization is that there's not a whole lot of privacy and so I was I was in my office I was having a very very quiet crying session just f- keeping it as absolutely silent as possible and like 2 minutes after that someone came in and said we need something notarized up front so I had to like pull myself together but in doing so oh, like sorry. unintentionally announced that I had been crying so it was <laughs> just like oh gosh I was like really did not need that coming in right now but thankfully my co-workers are all very much in the same boat and are very understanding and we're all very supportive of each other but yeah it was just one of those little things that I was just like you know what universe I really didn't need that just let me have like five minutes yes 
I I hundred percent like agree with that sentiment. It was like this plunge, like this hard, like like phrase ton of bricks. Like mm-hmm. waking up to that news. Yeah. And then sort of yeah. But like I said, there's there like there's work to be done. We take care of each other and we just take it one day at a time. Yep. Keep fighting the fight. Yes. Until then, we also have books. We also have books. Um, I was going to say, perhaps not surprisingly, I have barely been able to read anything this week. There's been other stuff going on that has just taken up like all of my brain space this last week. So I have not been reading anything. Please tell me you have been reading something. <laughs> I have been. No. <laughs> but I have I have some highly anticipated things that came in just before we started recording. So I'm excited to talk about those. And I think you're going to love this. So I got The House Across the Lake by Riley Sager. Oh, jealous. My hold for that ebook just came in and it's been a rough weekend. I had I had like a sick kiddo. I'm on the verge of being sick. It's it's a whole thing. So this book is the perfect moment. And then the second book I have that came in, it was a very good weekend for Hold, apparently. The Maid by Nita Prose. Mm-hmm. And I the audiobook for that came in because I've heard that the audiobook is fantastic and I I just what are words? I cannot focus on paper and words right now. So I am currently going to start these two books and hopefully I'll have more to report next week. So <laughs> Yeah, those those sound like good escapist reads, yes. which is exactly what is needed right now. Yes, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> All right. So before we jump into the rest of the episode, let's go ahead and hear from our first sponsor. This episode is sponsored by The One That Got Away With Murder by Trish Lundy. Robbie and Trevor Cressmont have enough wealth to ensure they'll never be found guilty of any wrongdoing, even if everyone believes they're behind the deaths of their ex-girlfriends. Let us all take a collective angry sigh at that. Lauren O'Brien, the new girl at school, has a dark past of her own, and she's desperate for a fresh start. Except when she starts a relationship with Robbie, her chance is put in jeopardy. During what's meant to be their last weekend together, Lauren stumbles across evidence that might just implicate Robbie. And after a third death rocks the town, she must decide whether to end things with Robbie or risk becoming another cautionary tale. This is an edge-of-your-seat YA thriller that's perfect for fans of Karen McManus and Holly Jackson. Make sure you pick that up now wherever books are sold. And thank you once again to The One That Got Away With Murder by Trish Lundy for sponsoring today's show. Today's episode is brought to you by Tor Books. So if you are a fan of epic fantasy, if you're a fan of Scott Lynch and or Joe Abercrombie, but you want something a little different, you want a hero who's like a bit of a mess, then The Silver Blood Promise by James Logan is for you in its Academy dropout slash disgraced noble heir Lacan Cordova's life is in shambles. All he's got going for him is one, he is a card sharp of considerable skill and two, a lot of maybe potentially a little too much wine. So they're, you know, those are the positives. 
So when the bizarre murder of his father robs him of even the off chance of redemption, Lacan decides to make amends another way. He's going to unravel the mystery behind the killing, even if it takes him to the underbelly of Sophrona, a city of danger, secrets, and merchant princes. Finding the truth is one thing. Finding the truth and staying alive is like a whole other thing. So make sure to check out The Silver Blood Promise by James Logan on sale May 7th. And thanks again to Tor Books for sponsoring this episode. All right. So when we are not talking about the demise of civil rights in this country, we're talking about mystery and suspense books. We truly do primarily focus on mystery and suspense books here on this podcast. So if you are a new listener, welcome. We are so delighted to have you. If you're a longtime listener, welcome back. We are so happy that you continue to listen to us episode after episode, month after month, so on and so forth. And yeah, so we talk about mysteries and suspense novels and thrillers and true crime and movie adaptations and awards and just anything that falls under that mysterious and suspenseful umbrella of sorts. If it's mysterious and suspenseful, it is fair game to talk about on this show. And this is the part of the episode where we always put out a call to our listeners to let us know if you have any suggestions for future episodes, because as we say every time, we so use these ideas to plan future episodes. It helps take a little bit of of the guesswork off of our plate trying to figure out what to talk about in the upcoming weeks. It lets us know what you, the listeners, would like to hear more of. We get to expand our own reading horizons. It's just, it's a win-win situation all around. So if you have any ideas or suggestions, you can shoot us an email or reach out to us via social media. We're going to have all of our contact information at the end of the show and in the show notes, so you don't have to worry about getting it down right now. Just we like to put out that call ahead of time to get those creative juices flowing. And even if you don't have an idea, you just want to say hi, there is nothing that we enjoy more than hearing from our listeners. And on a related note, if you enjoy this podcast, definitely go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review so that other people can find us. And with that, this is the point where we usually jump into our news segment, but there hasn't really been a whole heck of a lot going on in the world of mysteries right now. So I think let's just go ahead and jump into the main part of our discussion, which is our annual Pride Month episode, or as I have in the show notes, Be Gay, Do Crimes, as I have heard on in multiple places. And of course, this episode is going to be airing in July, so it's not technically part of Pride Month, But of course, as we always say, these are books to be read year round. We just, we always do an episode during Pride Month to join in the celebration and really amplify these, these books and these authors, these voices that may otherwise go overlooked. But of course, these are books to be read year round. And I don't know what, what your selection process looked like, Nazra, but I, I found it easier to f- to find some titles this year and I hope that this is a sign of a step in a step in a positive direction but I was I was pleasantly surprised to at the number of books I was able to select from I agree I had the similar 
instance i uh, usually when we are you know enough for our episodes it's i always have to make a choice of okay do i need to narrow it down to characters or you know is maybe it's just something the author identifies with and i believe at least for one of my picks it's uh, you know the author is queer and they're representation in her book is fantastic it's similar with the second one like she I, i'm not sure of uh, how the author identifies but the characters that she has written very much grapples with their identity as a queer chinese american uh, woman and it's it, it was easy it was like it's like a wide range of things to choose from so definitely excited for that one it's it's like a bright spot on this whole thing that seems to be life right now <laughs> but <laughs> but yes i am going to sort of take the baton from you myself please <laughs> and start us off because i'm super excited to talk about the first book that i have and that is ace of spades by farida abike iamide and this is basically book i this is a book i am currently in the middle of and i'm doing it as an audiobook and this book is described as get out meets gossip girl mm. <laughs> and that is i have questions but also like i get what they're trying to do like in a sense that just let, let, let me start us off so it's basically said in this very prestigious world of privilege in this private academy nevia's private academy and we have two protagonists devon and chiamaka and they're up against each other and they're all they're so close they're so close to finishing up their uh, to graduating this their academy uh, it's shown as a it's basically a high school system so i i have already forgotten this but i, I think they're in their junior year or they're very uh, like they're in their junior year and they're about to get their pick of their favorite places to go after school or they're in their last year and basically what happens is that on on a very critical day when they're about to they get the decision of their future someone named aces releases all of their dark secrets to in the entire school and all of a sudden everything that they both have worked individually so hard for is threatened and then it's turns out that there's a bigger game at play it's not just something it's not just someone who has something against Yvonne and Jamaka but it's it's like there's a bigger game at play and when you listen to the plot of this book it yes it's like you know it it is a gossip girly kind of plot but then the subject like what is inside this book is so intricate like the author there's fantastic queer representation for sure then the author also weaves in like racial discrimination she also weaves in class discrimination which i felt was which is why i feel that the gossip girl comp is somewhat okay to use here just because uh, she does sort of you know show that element of how people who have more privilege treat the people who have less privilege and how you know it's like it's very it's very smartly done and like it's it's such a sharp book that has a lot to say but it's so 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 readable and i believe it's going to be a series but do not quote me on that i i believe it's going to be a series and i and i can already like i i'm already on the edge of my seat waiting for the like yes this is going to be a series i'm going to continue with so it's it's thrilling uh it's like that it's got that quality of like just what's what's going to happen next it's very vivid 
like Devon is like a musician and she has a lot of rehearsals and you're sort of part of that rehearsal process. And it's just like, there's a lot of power play going on. And it did definitely for a moment feel like it was Blair and Serena from Gossip Girl having a fight, but you know, a lot with a lot higher stakes and it was intense. It's, it's an intense ride and I'm here for it. So that's the Ace of Spades by Farida Abike Emide. Yes, I have had that one on my list for a while. That's and again, I I talk about that. I feel like I've been talking about this a lot, but that's another that's another book. I'm like, this cover is so cool. It is the and the cover is very demonstrative of sort of like the intricacy you get in the plot of the book. So I thought it was such a smart choice. So smart. Ugh. So not only are we, get, are we getting well written books, but we're getting well designed book covers too, which is yes. which is also yes. excellent. Win win yes. win. Yes. <laughs> All right. So. My first pick is The Echo Wife by Sarah Gailey. And I've read other books by Sarah Gailey before. They wrote Magic for Liars, which was awesome. And I read a non-mystery book of theirs as well. If you're looking for an alternative history novella about what might have happened if Congress had actually brought hippos to the United States as an alternative source of meat, which was totally supposed to happen in the early 20th century. And this novella, it's like a Western, but with hippos instead of horses. Yeah, that that's a thing. So quick plug for that one. That one's called River of Teeth, and you definitely should read it because the premise is bonkers. But anyway, The Echo Wife. So this one was on my radar for a while. And Sarah Gailey's last few, last couple of books, their most recent one, and then this one, have a really kind of a dark element to it, veering more into the kind of psych- dark sci-fi, dark psychological suspense. Their most recent book that I think just came out had, de- has definite horror influences. So I am, again, I am here for all of it. But the Echo Wife, the premise is, well, you have... Evelyn Caldwell, who has, she has created this, um, this scientific process where she is able to clone people. And like, to the to the point, she has a process where not only can she clone people successfully, but she can also program them neurologically, psychologically, she can, there's this whole process for making these people, you know, as close to their original counterpart as as she can. And so she is being recognized for this work that she's done. And at the beginning of the book, you find out that Evelyn is recently divorced from her husband, Nathan. And then you find out pretty quickly on that Evelyn, that there is a clone of Evelyn named Martine. Martine was created by Evelyn's ex-husband, Nathan, in an attempt to create a more docile wife. Basically taking all of the things about Evelyn that Nathan did not like and trying to create yeah, create a wife that better fit what he wanted. So right there, I'm like, oh, that. Mm. And Evelyn knows about Martine. She knows that Nathan is basically carrying on an affair with her clone. And so she's, and she, Martine contacts Evelyn. She has talked to Martine before and she's like, I don't know what's going on. Please stop contacting me. 
And then Martine contacts Evelyn to say, please come over right now. So she goes over to their house to find Nathan dead. And so now the two Caldwell wives have a decision to make about how to handle this. Because not many, not only do not a lot of people know that, well, a lot of people don't know about the divorce. They don't even know that Evelyn and Nathan had been separated. They know nothing that there's a clone of Evelyn that exists. And then there's all these ethical issues that go into play because part of Evelyn's research is designed to keep the clones, to keep them from becoming from from having a ton of free will, basically becoming their own people. Like for her research, it is essential that they, they're created to perform a specific function and then they are essentially disposed of. Well, that is has kind of changed with Martine and now there's like all of these ethical considerations going on. When I say that this is a trippy book, like holy cow, it's it's extremely well plotted. This is a page turner. Oh my gosh. And if you think that like, oh my gosh, I don't do cloning. I don't do technology. You don't have to have an interest in any of that. While there's a lot of science fiction detail in here, it's almost a backdrop to the ethical considerations of creating another person in this way and programming them and then there it, it's a domestic thriller because there because you get really into the the intricacies of Evelyn and Nathan's relationship I did not realize st- starting this book this week um, there's a lot of stuff about birth and pregnancy and deciding, you know, and free will and autonomy and choice, which made this kind of a, I did not realize those themes would be in the book as well, given everything that has happened this week. So this is an unintentionally apt book to read right now. And I also throw that out there in case readers are just like, I can't deal with books that handle those themes right now. Fair enough. So just wanted to give you a heads up that that is in there. But yeah, it's it's dark. There there's just so many so many implications going on that you grapple with while you're reading, but it's not but it's still such a fast read and you know, plot twists and oh my gosh, it's so 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 good. So, if you're looking for something that's got kind of that speculative edge to it, if you're looking for for a darker yet more unusual type of psychological suspense novel, this is a really great pick. And again, that is The Echo Wife by Sarah Gailey. And, and I also, the one I'm going to talk about for a very quick caveat right now, it's not a thriller, but your point on how you know it deals with all these themes. Um, on Thursday night, I think it was midnight, and I finished Circe by oh, Madeline so Miller. And that one also sort of like, encapsulates you know like Cersei's rage at not having agency in the decisions she makes in a very like in different ways but she it also touches on you know like topics of motherhood and birth and just her anger and when next morning it just felt sort of like providential that it had happened so just your your point on the echo remind me of that I have only read one Sarah Gailey and I cannot wait to read more by them but this sounds fantastic. All right, before I jump into my next pick, let's hear from our second sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Scribner. 
Weird Black Girls by Elwyn Cotman is a collection of seven stories in which characters pursue their obsessions on paths to glory and destruction, while all around them their worlds twist and warp, oscillating between reality and impossibility. On display throughout is Cotman's ability to reveal truths about the human experience, about things like friendship, love, betrayal, bitterness, all through whimsy, horror, and fantasy. Elegiac in tone, imaginative, and humorous in their execution, the character-driven stories in Weird Black Girls challenge, incite, and entertain. The author's last book was named one of NPR's Best Books of the Year and was a finalist for the Philip K. Dick Award, with reviews appearing in the New York Times, Wired, BuzzFeed, and Locus, among other publications. Definitely make sure to check out Weird Black Girls by Elwyn Cotman. And thanks again to Scribner for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang. So this is an interesting love story. It's great for fans of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and High Fidelity. It's set in the mid-90s at NYU. And it follows young Wang, who has gotten the advice of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life. And then he meets Irena in 95. And she's like the best. She's brilliant, charismatic, quick-witted, funny. They fall in love. But the thing is, she's number six. So if he is to have seven great loves, does that mean his time with Arena is going to come to an end? So this is a love letter to Western pop culture, Eastern traditions, and being a first-generation New Yorker. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang for sponsoring this episode. All right, so my next pick is The Verifiers by Jane Beck. And this is a book that I think that if you look at the cover of the book, it, it does it a bit of a disservice, just a slight. It's it's a gorgeous cover, but it is a bit of a disservice in the sense that it makes it look lighter than it really is. Or maybe that's just me, but it just, it does do that. But whereas this book is, I, I, it's definitely not cozy. It's not gory. But it's not cozy. It deals with like heavy themes of identity and just like people and like loneliness and suicide and it's it's, it's there's a lot going on. So that that was that's my first thought that I have to contribute about this title. And the second thing I have to say about this title is is that the main protagonist Claudia, she is very much shaped by the books she's read. So she's read Jane Austen. And then she's read mystery murder mysteries. So basically, her life is both of like it's either she has to be in this Jane Austen world or she is solving like solving stuff that's going down. So it's sort of an ode to that, like how you know how people who are bookish people how books shape us, and it feels nice to read that. It just feels nice to see that happen. But moving on to what the story is actually about. So Claudia is it comes from this Chinese-American immigrant family. She's the only one who was actually born in America. And um, her parents have very high expectations of her. And her brother is trying to get her this job. You know, there are a lot of expectations on her. But little does her family know that 
actually Claudia has joined this organization called Veracity, which is basically a business that what it does is that it ha- allows people on dating apps to investigate each uh, like the like let's say someone is looking at someone's profile on a dating app, they can reach out to Veracity and that they will look into that person for uh, them and you know find out their secrets if they like this what they're saying is legitimate and you know all the things all the things you wish you knew when you met someone on a dating app but and this is a secret that she has kept from her family but again like Claudia has lived a world has lived in a world of fiction and stories so boundaries are not a thing that she comes you know she understands quickly so her first case immediately it goes off rails because like after a point of investigating a certain client she keeps on investigating and which is which is against protocol but she doesn't stop and when she doesn't stop she finds more than she had bargained for she found out the death of a particular person and how it happened appears to be suspicious and so she she basically does what any young woman in a murder mystery does in you know and Fit tries to figure out how it happened. And all the while, she's also dealing with, like I said, like her Chinese American family's expectations. They also, her family does also does not know that she's a lesbian. And the tension of just her, her identity and then also her not always wanting to be about this identity. Like these are just, you know, being a lesbian, being Chinese American, these are parts of who she is. And like she and just wanting to be the person that she just wants to be outside of these identities. It's very well done. And like the family dynamic is very well captured. Like the it's it's a very dialogue heavy book. So the conversation between the characters is very it's very genuine. It doesn't feel like caricature ish which is why i which is another reason why i I want to you know specify that this is not a cozy oftentimes in cozy i feel like dialogue does veer into the category of caricature where it's like no one talks like this but people like the conversation this book are genuine and you just like it's it's just fun being inside claudia's head as she's you know figuring out the things so it's it's a lovely book in the sense that the stakes are relatively they're not, it's not as adrenaline pumping. It's not a page turner as like the previous pick was, but it's, but it's a very well-developed character, like character driven mystery. And it does just some trigger warnings. It does that the main mystery case in the book revolves around a death by suicide. So if that is a trigger, definitely, you know, proceed with caution, but it's, it's fantastic. And this is The Verifiers by Jane Peck. Yeah, that one, that one has been actually checked out a lot at my library. And it's been on my radar as a buzzy book. And so I when it whenever it comes back in, I always put it face out on the on the new shelf. But I am I'm glad to hear that the that the book has lived has lived up to the initial buzz. So my second pick is one that is still on my TBR a because my library didn't have a copy of it. And like I said, reading has been really, 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 really hard. So I am grateful that I was at least able to to do The Echo Wife. But this one, I have read a book by this author before that I talked about on a previous Pride Month episode. And this one has been on my radar as well. I just haven't gotten around to it. But 
this book sounds amazing. And it's called Death Prefers Blondes by Caleb Rorig. And I may have talked about this briefly on previous episodes as well. But the basic premise of this book, it's a young adult novel. It's Ocean's 8 meets RuPaul's Drag Race. And like... That I feel like that's all you kind of need to know to decide if you're going to be interested in it or not. But if you do want more information, so the basic premise is that Margot uh, is a teenage socialite in California. And by day, she is fending off the paparazzi, you know, and fending off all of this media attention. By night, she leads a team of her friends, most of whom participate in drag culture. And by night, they they pull off heists and steal stuff from mansions, from museums, from banks, like, you name it, they've probably attempted it. And then one day, she gets this job request to basically end all job requests that lands in her lap, but puts her and her crew in an immense amount of danger. And so they've got to be even more resourceful than they've been previously. And so the from what I have heard about this book, again, since I haven't read it, I've had I have to go off of a lot of reviews. If you are looking for a plot-driven, action-packed, from page one to last page, just like, if that's what you're looking for, and again, we've talked about escapist reads, this book delivers. Like, every review I've read has talked about how there is there is just so much stuff happening. And it's a, I've also read some people say it's a very dialogue-heavy novel with lots of very quirky, specific humor in there. So uh, something something to keep, to keep in mind. But this book sounds just absolutely amazing. If you're not looking for something super dark, if you're looking, yeah, if you're looking for really good representation, that's something else that a reviewer mentioned. Margot herself is bisexual, and they said that the representation among her 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 drag queen friends. They said there's there's a lot of really really good representation and I know that RuPaul's Drag Race the show has had it's it's like America's Next Top Model in that you love to watch it, but there are some problems with the show. There's there's some you know there there's some there pro- some problems there. They're like this is what you wish RuPaul's Drag Race was and could be, and then mix it in with Ocean's Eight heist stuff, which to me sounds fantastic. So yeah, it's got really good representation really fun action sequences and is just it just sounds like the kind of book that like I said escapist type of read and other people have said that it's also you know it's a it's billed as a young adult novel but they're like it does not shy away from some of the more adult elements and I actually found that to be the case with the previous book of Caleb Rorick's that I read which was called White Rabbit because White Rabbit was an action-packed page-turning, just really intense novel, and I really, really loved it. So yeah, so if you're looking for something lighter, if you're looking for more drag queens in your reading, because honestly, who isn't? Pick up Death Prefers Blondes by Caleb Rorig.
I am so picking this book up. All while you were saying that the theme song was going in my head and the category is. <laughs> anyways. Uh, but um, I think that's it. Like for this discussion segment, that's it. We, uh, I, I know I had few more that I could talk about. I, there was, um, I, this is a series I've mentioned before. It's the second book in this uh, in the series by Stephen Spotswood that features basically lesbian detectives in 1920s New York, 1940s New York. Uh, it's very good. I'll, I'll remember it and I promise I put it in the show notes. There are definitely tons to choose from, which is a fantastic thing, which makes my heart so happy. Uh, but with that, let's move on to our new releases. And this one is also perfectly fitting with our episode theme. It's the second book in the Harlem Renaissance series by Nikesa Afia. And the book is called Harlem Sunset. Uh, and this comes out June 28th. So by the time you're here listening to this episode, this is already out. Set in Harlem 1927, 27-year-old Louise Lloyd has found the perfect job. She is the new manager of Dove, a club owned by her close friend, Rafael Moreno. There, Luis meets Nora, one of the girls she was kidnapped with a decade ago. The two women, along with Rafael and his sister, Luis's girlfriend, Rosa Maria, spend the night at the Dove drinking and talking. The next morning, Rosa Maria wakes up covered in blood with no memory of the previous night. Nora is lying dead in the middle of the dance floor. Luis knows Rosa Maria couldn't have killed Nora, but the police have had a hard time believing that no one can remember anything at all about what happened. When Luis and Rosa return to their apartment, after being questioned by the police, they find the word guilty written across the living room wall in paint that looks a lot like blood. Someone has gone to great lengths to frame and terrify Rosa Maria, and Luis will stop at nothing to clear the name of the woman she loves. So that is Harlem Sunset by Nikesa Afia. Comes out June 28th. And if you haven't picked up the series already, I highly recommend it. It is everything that you're looking for. You know, if you have a nostalgia for the 1920s jazz age, this book is for you. So Harlem Sunset, uh, June 28th. Go pick it up. Yeah, and the the first book is called Dead Dead Girls. If you want to read that one before yes. before you pick up the second one, yeah, I can vouch for that. It it's a really really good book, and very very atmospheric. Yeah, if you're if the 1920s Prohibition era is something that floats your boat, this is a really really good one to add. Okay, so my pick comes out on July 5th, which I also want to, I have to mention, is my birthday. What, what? So, <laughs> so July 5th, birthday. Lots of good books coming out on that day. And the one that I wanted to talk about is called Unnatural Ends by Christopher Wong. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because I hadn't heard about it until I went looking for new releases to feature. So I'm excited to learn about this new book and add it to my TBR and probably order it for my library. So the book starts off with Sir Lawrence Linwood, who is dead. More accurately, though, he was murdered. He was beaten to death in his own study with a medieval mace. You know, like you do. And after his death, his three adopted children come home. There's Alan, who's an archaeologist. Roger is an engineer. And Caroline is a journalist. But the three of them soon find that his last testament contains a strange 
addition to it, that his estate shall go to the heir who solves his murder. So apparently he knew he was going to be murdered and then works it in there that they have to figure out who done it. So to secure their future, each of the heirs must now dig into the past. And as their suspicions mount of each other and of peculiar strangers in the churchless town of Linwood Hollow, they come to suspect that the perpetrator lurks in the mysterious origins of their own birth. So from this short blurb, it sounds like there is a lot going on. There's a locked room mystery. There's, you know, the the family heirs called together to, fig- to figure out what happened. In that sense, it has a little bit of a knives out element to it or, you know, elements of kind of the golden, the golden mis- age of mysteries type of thing. But there's also stuff about, you know, adoption and pasts and heritage and all of that fun stuff. So it sounds like, yeah, that there's a lot happening in here. So again, that is called Unnatural Ends by Christopher Wong. And that is out on July 5th. Katie, you got to tell us, are you doing our usual four-day weekend for your birthday? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I have to say, on the 4th of July, I have volunteered to walk with many of my coworkers in the town's 4th of July parade. So I have to get up early and drive into into this little town that like shuts its its streets down for the Fourth of July parade. They go all out, but I love that though. That is that is just one morning, and then I have the rest of the day, and then I took my birthday off and the day after that. So yes, I I do have a nice long weekend coming up, and I get paid time and a half for walking in the parade. So. There is that. Amazing. <laughs> and that's what's really important. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. We cannot wait to hear all the books you get for your birthday. And of course, happy birthday in advance from all of us. Well, thank you. I keep forgetting I have a birthday. <laughs> <laughs> you forget you have a day to celebrate yourself. Yes, I do. But yes. <laughs> um, but with that, that is our show. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. Thank you so much to our wonderful sound editor, Jen Zink, for always making us sound great. For show notes, you can head over to bookriot.com slash listen. For more book recommendations and bookish goodness, head over to bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen, or just search bookriot on your podcast layer of choice. If you want to send us an email with feedback or show suggestions, you can reach us at redordead at bookriot.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter at Javed Nasra, that's J-A-V-E-D-N-U-S-R-A-H. And you can find me on Twitter at KT underscore library lady. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. <laughs>